bit my head off. I mean, he, he basically yelled at me. He was sitting right next to me, didn't like what I said, and he like almost lunged at me and like, I could see the, the, the blood vessel in his neck like coming out at me. I thought, I thought maybe at seven in the morning, you know, it was gonna be, it was gonna be a rough day. <laughs> so it was re really shocking, I think for all of us. And for once in my life, I didn't lash back out at him and yell back or try to defend myself. I think I was in shock. And actually the, the Tacoma manager kind of stuck up for me and said something like, you know, hey, what are you doing? Don't, don't talk to Jeff like that. <laughs> so it, it set a funny tone for kind of my, my start up there in Seattle. And it was shocking. But I went away from that meeting that day and I realized something. I realized that these guys up in, in Seattle, they didn't know me. They didn't know what kind of worker I'd been with the company down here in Oregon and good or bad, you know, what I was made of, what kind of a boss I might be. So they, they didn't know, they didn't trust me. And this guy was kind of out of line. I mean, he had this kind of crazy reaction. But it was a great wake-up call for me because I realized that I needed to show these guys what I was about. I needed to prove to them the kind of worker that I am, the kind of boss that I might be. And so over time, I went about doing that over the next months and, and couple of years that, that we lived up in North Seattle. And one of the things I would do is, uh, when, especially when I worked with these service technicians, is I would you know, call them a couple, three days ahead of time and say, hey, let me work with you on Wednesday or Thursday. Where do I need to meet you? And they'd say, oh, okay, well, meet me at 6 a.m. You know, at, at, at this, uh, you know, this hotel in, in Seattle, and we'll go work together for the day. We'd stash my car. I would jump in the van and, and go, uh, go help them out. And I'm, I'm not a great plumber, and I'm not a good electrician either. <laughs> so I'm sure I didn't actually repair very many coffee brewers in those days. But I think that over time, uh, my willingness to just work with these guys, to give them a helping hand, to help carry in the boxes and the tools and, and get stuff done with them, that they were able to see that, that I, I showed by my work ethic and, and who I was, uh, that I was going to be a good team player, that, that I was somebody that they could count on. And maybe you've had that kind of a scenario at work or in a relationship or something where you, know, you thought you knew, uh, or people thought they knew who you were, you had talked about you know, how you might do something, or maybe you'd even written an email or done a post about it, but there came a moment where you had to demonstrate it. You had to show people what you were really about, kind of, kind of prove to them. Well, you know, we are uh, finishing up this, this book of James. These last few weeks here in the summer, our teaching, preaching team has done a great job going through James uh, chapters one through five. We heard uh, the first couple messages from Pastor Ben, uh, chapter three from uh, David Bessenbacher, uh, chapter four from uh, Mr. Bob Sloan right here. And uh, last week, uh, Pastor Andrew took us through chapter five. And, and the guys did such a, I thought, a, a wonderful job of bringing to life this letter uh, that was written by, we think, uh, most likely, the younger brother of Jesus. That's the James that we're, we, a lot of scholars believe, uh, penned this letter in the Bible. And if you missed any of the, the sermons from, from our team, you can go back. Uh, you can go to dallaschurch.org on our website and kind of listen and watch. I think you can listen on, on our website. You can watch back, I think, through Facebook if you go there and kind of search through our Dallas Church uh, postings and catch uh, some of those messages. I enjoyed getting to uh, listen again. I was, I was here for most of them. But I listened to our team's messages again this last week as I prepared for today. 
And it was so encouraging to hear their perspective, their teaching, the, the wisdom that God brought to them as they brought this, uh, this, this series to us. Well, today we're going to wrap that up. And we're going to talk about, with James, we have faith. And, and other letters in the New Testament, especially written by Paul, remind us that our faith alone, that's all we need with, for salvation with Jesus, to believe in him as Lord and Savior, to have a faith in a relationship with God. All we need is that faith. And James doesn't argue against that. But what James does is it kind of brings the idea of faith into action right in front of us, where you and I, as Christ followers, we've got something to do. We need to get busy and get active for God. So I hope we'll, we'll, we'll see that together today. Um, we have a couple slides. The first one here, you guys recognize that one? Just do it. If you're old like me, you remember the 90s? And Nike had a lot of these just do it uh, commercials and ad campaigns going on. Sometimes you'd see a track like on this picture here. Uh, sometimes it was a basketball court or a football field or a tennis court. And you'd see Michael Jordan and Bo Jackson and probably in more recent years, Serena Williams um, doing these awesome, you know, uh, workouts and then, and then, you know, competing, uh, you know, uh, winning on the basketball court or winning tennis matches or doing whatever they're doing. Um, as a matter of fact, here just this last week, we had the, um, the World Track and Field Championships down in Eugene. Been going on for about the last week or so. And there's a young lady named uh, Sydney McLaughlin. She is the, uh, now the, the world record holder in the 400-meter hurdles. And just yesterday, she broke her own world record and ran the 400-meter hurdles in under 51 seconds. And I think that's actually the fourth time in about the last year and a half she has broken her own world record. <laughs> it's amazing. She's taken like almost a second and a half off of the previous record holder in, in such a short time. So she's, she's amazing. <laughs> so we we can kind of marvel in awe at these athletes, you know, who, um, who practice so much and train. And then what do they do? Like Nike says, they just do it, don't they? They take action. Well, we've got another slide for you here, too. I'll bet you came to church today and you said, you know, gosh, I really hope Jeff has something from Yoda, the Jedi Master, for us today. <laughs> well, I do. I do. So there's Master Yoda. Does anybody do a good Master Yoda impersonation? Any of you guys? I, I didn't get any takers in the, in the first service either. So, D David, maybe baby, maybe baby Ben's been working on his. Well, I, I'm, I'm okay, so we'll, we'll try this. Are you ready? All right, here's Master Yoda. No, try not. Do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> We've got another Master Yoda quote later at the end of the, at the, of the, the sermon here, but I'm not going to do my Master Yoda voice then. I've only got like one, one in me each service. You're welcome. <laughs> you know, James does talk about this idea that uh, there, is a, there is a time and, and, and there's an active sense of our faith. We're going to dig into that now through some of the verses that, uh, that some of our preaching team shared. But again, talk about this idea of you and I, we, we are believers in Jesus. Our salvation is covered. There's no doubt about that. But there comes a point in our faith, in our walk with, with Jesus, when God says, what are you going to do? So that's going to be our big question today. That, that Let's try and answer. What are we going to do? What is God going to call us to do for him? Let's pray. Lord God, 
Thank you that we can, uh, we can laugh as a church family <laughs> and, and find enjoyment, God, in, in your word, uh, in, in other fun teachings. Um, God, bring us together as a, as a church. Help us to see that faith is, is all we need for relationship with you. But you call us to so much more. You say it's time to do something. So help us to see what that might look like today. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's talk about people who do, people who take action. One of the first kinds of people I thought about with this are first responders, police officers, firefighters, ENTs, doctors and nurses, military uh, soldiers. Who, a lot of these people, they've gone through, in many cases, years and years of training. You know, they've studied books and manuals on how to be a first responder, what they might do in an emergency situation, right? They have head knowledge of, of how that's supposed to work, and they could probably, you know, write that out or, or explain it to somebody about, oh, this is what I would do in, in such and such a scenario. But I think the amazing thing about first responders, and, and you and I know, because if we've been in a car accident, if we've had a medical situation, and we've had to call on them, if we've had our home broken into and we've had to, you know, call 911 and ask for the police to come, what do these folks do? They come and take action. You know, they show up on the scene quickly. You know, in, in I was curious, I asked this first service, has anybody had a, a house fire? Has anybody had their house catch on fire? Dorothy? You, you think about a house fire. What do the, the ENTs and the firefighters and the police, whoever's on scene, what do they do first? They get you out of the house, right? They, they save the people, protect people, and oftentimes the pets, too. Make sure the dogs and the cats are all accounted for. And then they take their training and their axes and their ladders and run their line and get the fire put out. They take action. They're, they're ready. All that training, all that head knowledge, and then the study comes into, comes into action in, in an active way. And, and, they, and they do their job. You know, James has several verses for us where we can look at it that way too. We can look at our faith and put it into an active role. Let's look at a few of those. James chapter 1, verse 22 up there, says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. You and I have a, an obligation. We, we have to be obedient to that faith, that commitment we've made to Jesus uh, to say, okay, God, when you call on me, I'm going to be active. I'm going to do it. Let's talk about some other people that, that are active, that we can see doing things in for the kingdom of God. How about our pastors? You know, Ben and Andrew, if you've been here around Dallas Church for any length of time, you have seen them do more than speak about their faith or teach in a class, you know, what following Jesus would look like. We see them do it, don't we? We see Ben teach a six-string guitar class uh, for free for a lot of young people, especially in the community, that want to learn guitar. We've done that several times here. You know, Ben's got a passion for music and, and, and singing, and he wants to pass that along. And so we'll do more of those, uh, because Ben is putting that faith, that love of music, and, and putting it into action when he teaches kids guitar. Pastor Andrew, he's led our kids' ministry for most of his uh, few years with us in one way or another. Um, just a year or so ago, we actually brought on Denise Wilson to take charge of the, of the, the kids' uh, ministry specifically. Uh, but Andrew, he still has his hand in a lot of those things, and he's our youth leader. 
So he's spending time with our teenagers, you know, here doing youth group activities, uh, studying God's word, getting active in the community, learning what it means to be a disciple. And so we get to see Ben and Andrew in action around here in Dallas Church in the next couple weeks. And you'll hear more about it from, from uh, Emma and, and from me today, too. We're going to have a couple of different community activities where you and I could jump in with Andrew and Ben and our staff and, and spend time being God's hands and feet in our community. It's going to be awesome. But our pastors, I think, are, are really uh, good examples to look to of what that active faith looks like, what it means to, to, to do it for God. Um, let's look at James 2, James chapter 2, verse 14. It says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds, has no action behind their, their deeds? You know, another, another kind of person I thought about that's, that's often active are coaches. How many of you have been influenced by a coach somewhere along the way, good or bad? Hopefully, hopefully good. <laughs> coaches have a, a, a great capacity to influence you know, athletes on a team, uh, instructors, whether that's to teach someone uh, ballet or swimming or dancing, um, to be an artist, uh, to compete on an athletic team like some of those Nike athletes we talked about. You know, and, and what do the good coaches do? Do they just sit on the sideline and, and say, oh, you're doing it wrong? <laughs> no, they, they get active with you. They roll their sleeves up. They demonstrate you know, how to do the move properly, how to play defense, uh, how to, how to you know, perfect your swim stroke, whatever it might be. A good coach can see what we're capable of and help draw that out of us, but they do it in an active way you know, when they jump in with us. Maybe for some of you, uh, you've had a chance to coach, or you might have a chance to be a coach to someone or a mentor in some way, an instructor for someone out there that needs um, some good instruction in an area where you've got some, some skills and abilities. And maybe God might call you to that at some point, to be a, to be a great coach. Let's look at James uh, chapter 3, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. Isn't that great? You and I, when we become active for God, we can show people through, through our life, through the kind of people we are. You know, I wonder, and I'm asking myself this too, people that we work with, you know, do they get to see really the kind of, kind of person we are inside? Do they get to, to know who we really are and who we might be? Well, you know what? Uh, we have a chance coming up here at Dallas Church in just a couple weeks. Saturday, August 6th, we're going to have a block party right here in our parking lot. If you haven't heard about this yet, you guys probably have cards on your, on your chairs there that Pastor Andrew put down for you. Um, and this block party is going to be awesome. We're going to have uh, Jared, our grill master, barbecuing some tasty stuff for us. We're going to have bounce houses, two bounce houses, a dry one, and a slip and slide one. And I'm pretty fired up. I get, to, I get to be in charge of the slip and slide bounce house. So I can't wait to shoot those kids down that, that water. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have uh, a petting zoo. We're going to have, I think, a pony and some other animals to be named later that are supposed to be coming. I know my wife will be there loving on the animals all afternoon and probably not giving anybody else a turn uh, with the little donkeys and ponies and whatever's over there. But... Uh, we're excited. We think this is going to be just a great chance uh, for us as a church family to enjoy 
our, our parking lot, this space that God's blessed us with, to have a great block party. And you know what? You guys are all invited. Everybody online, you guys are invited to bring your neighbors, bring your friends. Um, this coming week, Pastor Andrew and the youth group and, and I, we're actually going to take flyers and go in our neighborhood here, uh, several blocks around the church, and we're going to invite all of our neighbors. I hope a lot of them will come out. And what a great chance to um, you know, get to spend time with people, for, for maybe them to get to see what kind of a church we are, uh, our friendliness, our hospitality, and maybe be a place that they might want to check out and think about you know, uh, digging in with God. It'd be awesome. So you guys are all invited to that. Block parties are, can be powerful. Um, we went through this book, The Art of Neighboring, a couple of years ago. I want to just read a brief, brief section the author, author, authors talked about. Um, it says, the same is true when it comes to neighboring. As one person, you can be a good neighbor. No doubt about that. But at the end of the day, your results will be limited. Yet, if many people in your neighborhood come together, all with the same goal, the results will be exponentially greater. When multiple neighborhoods begin to work toward the same goal, cities can actually be changed. And if cities join with other cities working toward similar outcomes, the results can be phenomenal. Isn't that cool? Does that start to give you a picture of how God's kingdom works? It starts right here at a little local church having a block party, you know, putting on some food and fun for families for a few hours on a Saturday. What if you, because you come to our block party, all right, and take notes, then what if you put on a block party back in your neighborhood? What do you think your neighbors would say to that? If you, you know, had some food, maybe somebody got a girl out, got some games for the kids, and spent some time together. What could that, what could that look like? Could, could be a great chance to get to know your neighbors, you know, to, to find some people you have some common interests with, to find some folks you could, you know, lean on if you need to go on vacation and, and somebody to water the lawn or watch, watch out for the pets. But what a great idea, um, this block party. Let's keep going. Uh, James 4 says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Again, I love that verse. You and I, we have something to do in this, in this passage where God says, come near to me. Come on, do something active. Do you guys see that? Where we're, we're taking our faith, we're taking our head knowledge, and we're ready to do something for God. That's powerful. Let's keep going. James chapter 5, uh, verse 16 Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Last week, Pastor Andrew taught on chapter 5 and led us through this and also uh, talked about where in verse 13 it says, Is anyone among you sick? Let them call on the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil. Well, you know what? I got to recently see Pastor Andrew actually do this. He and I went to Salem Hospital to uh, meet with a family. We have a, a lady in our church that has going, been going through a really rough uh, time the last several months, really years, um, uh, medically. And she had a big surgery and was recovering from that. And so she and her husband were there at Salem Hospital. Andrew and I got to go and really just uh, encourage them, listen to them, let them kind of pour out their, their heart. And, and it's been a, been a really rough go. And, and, and we wanted to be there for them. We prayed for them. We probably, you know, had a, a, good, a good amount of time with, with each of them uh, before we left. But more than anything, 
we wanted them to know that as part of this church family, they're not alone, that we're, we're there with them. And that's the kind of, that's the kind of pastors we have here, um, where they make those calls. They call on the sick and watch out for, for us when we're going through tough stuff. You know, as we look to, to wrap up this book of James today, um, let's remember that uh, one of the big keys uh, that Pastor Ben, he, he started us out with this back in chapter one, is that God sees us in our, our struggle. We're all going to go through trials and, and hardship and, and tough times. In fact, in, in chapter one, it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And I love uh, this part in verse, uh, verse three of chapter one, it says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That idea that God, even in the midst of our trial, when we're going through hard circumstances in life, whatever they look like, he sees us. He knows what we're going through. And he's taken us through that process where he's trying to, trying to build faith in us, trying to build strength, trying to show us that we can lean on him in anything. And as his word promises us, as we persevere in that, God's gonna, he's gonna finish some of that work in us. He's gonna bring us to a place of maturity, of maybe some wisdom and understanding about who God is, about how he's worked in our life and how we might share that with somebody else and encourage them. And here's the thing, you know, trials, we go through that process with God and, and, and he, he refines us and he shows us things and brings new life. And, and there is some maturity and growth that happens. But uh, here's the spoiler alert. We've got another trial that's about to come at us after that. The trials never stop, do they? It's going to look a little different, probably in different seasons of our life. But God will be there with us and to continue to teach us and, and mature us and help us to grow with him. It's a beautiful thing. The other thing I love about James is we're constantly reminded to love the way that Jesus does, to love impartially, to look out for the widow and the orphan, the marginalized, the left behind. Maybe on our street, there's a, a single mom with three kids that's working two jobs to try to keep bread on the table and keep the, keep the lights on. Those are the kind of people God might, might bring into our circle of influence where we could help somebody and, and come alongside them and, and be in community with them. This helps us uh, to see, as, as James reminds us, that our, our head knowledge, our, our belief in who God is and who he is to us is one thing. But then we have a chance to put our faith into action by what we do. We can show people uh, the kind of Christ followers uh, that we want to be. Let's go back to our slides. We've got uh, Nike again. Just do it. Um, and again, maybe... As you think about athletes that, that you admire, uh, maybe some of you are Portland Trailblazers fans like I am. I think about Dame Lillard. Uh, he's been with the Blazers for 10 years now. Uh, and just what a great, kind of an inspiring leader and player that he is. And the way he embraces the community and, and marches with people in Portland and, and goes to food drives and shows up for things and gets involved in, in the community of Portland. He, owns an auto dealership in McMinnville now. Uh, but what a, I think, an inspiring example of an athlete who just does it, who puts, you know, what he believes into action in his community. And then I think we got one more Master Yoda. There he is. You might not be as familiar with this, this Yoda quote, 
no greater gift there is than a generous heart. Believe it or not, if you Google Yoda quotes, there are a zillion of them. <laughs> so if you're a Star Wars geek like I am, you can uh, go research that and, and be inspired too uh, through the, the message of Yoda. Um, but let's, let's wrap this up as we uh, finish off this James series today. You and I, as, as faithful Jesus people, it's time to take action. And, and what does that look like? Well, what is something... You've always said you could or should do. What is that thing you've thought about for a long time that might help somebody else? Well, why don't you do it? Make a plan and, and do it now. Who? Who is someone that needs you in their life? It could be your spouse. It could be your kids or your grandkids. Maybe it's somebody you work with or somebody on your street. Maybe it's a neighbor. Who could you come alongside and spend time with, build relationship with, and help bring maybe some hope and some direction to. And then finally, how? How has the Lord blessed you specifically? What has God given you? Is it a, a big house where you could, you could host events? Uh, is it uh, uh, maybe extra time in your schedule where you could spend time as a coach or a mentor or an instructor, spending time with someone or helping a team out? Uh, maybe, it's your, maybe it's your time, it's your season for that. But let's do that. Um, again, let's be people that, that believe and have head knowledge, but put our faith into action for God by looking at what we've always said we could do, and maybe now's the time. Who needs us in their life? Who has God called us to help out? And then how has God blessed us? What, what resources, what talents and abilities, what, what station in life are you at? where you could really help out somebody around you. I think God can do big things through this church. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you, um, you did save us at the cross, God, and that all we need is our faith in you to be in relationship with you, to be a part of your kingdom. Uh, but Lord, as James shows us, you have so much more for us in store. As we look to be people who do it for you, who become active, who put our faith into action. Challenge us this week, God. Help us to see what that might look like. Help us to take a step in somebody else's life that could have a huge impact for your kingdom, uh, for someone we love and care about, for someone in our community. Lord God, thank you for being with us today. In Jesus' name, amen.